Hello again, Hope Fellowship. Welcome to our podcast, Full of Hope, Encouraging One Another with the Word of God, where we're seeking to regularly equip the people of Hope Fellowship with truth from Scripture. Last time, we looked at the last few verses of Philippians chapter 2 and how those verses are linked back to Philippians chapter 1, and in how Paul's main point is that it would bring him great joy to see that they're living a life worthy of the gospel. You know, he, he said, and he would go on to say here in Philippians chapter 2, the Philippians could complete his joy by being of the same mind and having the same love and being of full accord and with one mind. He, he talks about unity of mind two times in the same verse. And what he's doing is he's reminding them that true unity comes when people are living worthy lives, worthy, living lives worthy of the gospel together. What does this look like? Paul says it really plainly in verse 3, so plainly that it makes someone wonder at the seeming impossibility of this command. What I think actually is the most difficult command in all of the scriptures. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. How in the world can we possibly do this? Do nothing, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit? Nothing at all? You know, a Greek dictionary defines conceit as a vain or exaggerated self-evaluation. You know, when we think about selfish ambition, we shouldn't just think of the the most arrogant person that we can possibly think of, the the person who's just climbing the ladder ladder and, and stepping on everybody they can on the way up. Really, we have to look at our own hearts, and we can easily see how easy it is to have an exaggerated self-evaluation, an exaggerated opinion of ourself. When we think about how we view a situation and how we essentially treat our opinion as really the only valid opinion that only ma- that's the only one that matters. When we make a decision based on what we think is best without considering the effects that it has on other people because of our exaggerated self-evaluation that we think we're right. You know, when we judge others, it often stems from an exaggerated self, self-evaluation. We look at ourselves and we say, the way I think or the way I'm approaching this situation is right and the way I think about that person is correct and the way they're doing it is wrong. You know, sadly, it's way too easy to see other people's weaknesses and judge them for them without considering how we are weak, how we're limited ourselves. But Paul doesn't stop there here in Philippians chapter 2. If you listen to chapter or listen to chapter 2 verse 4. Let each of you look not only to his own interests but also to the interests of others. You know, it, just in in somebody he's almost responding to someone's objection that they didn't make. If somebody would say, "Well, I am I never supposed to think about myself? Am I never supposed to look out for my own self-interests?" Paul answers not only to his or, own, in his or her own interests. Paul knows we all care for ourselves, and, and that's what we should do. That's how we're made. To not care for ourselves at all would be have too low an opinion of how we're made in the image of God. But, but if you think back again to the end of verse 3, there does seem to be an order in how we are to perceive ourselves. In humility, count others as more significant than yourselves. That's not his point. His point is the order in which we consider others. 
Really what he's saying is others first, ourselves second. You know, I remember uh, hearing the story, uh, two stories I kind of remember uh, very vividly. One is I I heard a preacher one time, a long time ago, say uh, how a substitute teacher was converted because she was in a classroom, and as she walked around the classroom, um, one of the students had written on kind of her book cover, uh, Jesus first, others second, me last. Jesus first, others second, me last. And she was struck by how different that opinion was than how most people go throughout life. You know, I also remember my mom telling me the story about my great-grandma, Rosa Stiff, where our daughter Ellie gets her middle name. And my mom always told the story about how Rosa Stiff's mother would always choose to eat, this is a gross story, she'd always choose to eat the neck of the chicken when they'd sit down to dinner. And she chose it first so often that her kids thought it was the best part of the chicken and that she was selfishly choosing it for herself. And it wasn't until they were older that they realized the truth. The neck was the worst part of the chicken. She was seeking to put their interests before her own. How can we seek to do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit? We count others as more significant than ourselves. You know, next time, we're going to look at how we might do this impossible command and where Paul is grounding this command in the example and person of our Savior Jesus, that we're to seek to have the same mind of Christ in how we treat others, that we're seeking to be a servant as he was a servant, to humble ourselves as he humbled himself. And and in this context, it's where we come to some of the greatest, most mind-blowing Christological truths in Scripture. And so see you next time. And remember, we have hope in Christ. Let's make that hope known in a struggling world.